the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Michael Roy from VMware to talk about the new version of the Fusion Virtual Machine application. You'll also hear from Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, and Peter Cohen, all this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. On this segment of the Tech Night Owl Live, we're talking to Michael Roy. He's Senior Product Marketing Manager for Fusion and Fusion Pro from VMware. Of course, those are the virtualization apps that they have. Now, before we got started, though, we found out that Michael Roy is a first-class nerd. We're talking about Star Trek and other things, of course, comparing the two Spocks, Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto. So one day, I think I'm going to want to put him on a second show just to talk about that. How's that grab you, Michael? Oh, I'd love it. It's one of my happier topics between Star Trek and Star Wars. I'm, uh, I'm all in there. When folks back in the day had like, oh, it's one or the other, I'm like, what do you mean one or the other? They're both awesome in their own right. So yeah, I'd love to come talk about that stuff. So I know that you're ready for the new Star Wars movie this winter. Mm, ready doesn't begin to describe it. <laughs> And next year, there's going to be Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, and uh, and they're and they're doing that other spinoff for Star Wars too. And with Star Trek Beyond, by the way, it's co-written by the guy who plays Scotty Simon Pegg, oh. whom you remember from, of course, the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, Simon Pegg is fantastic. He's got some really good stuff that's been coming around lately. Was the one it was like Kill Me Three Times? I think was the one that I saw late recently. That was hilarious. Right now, we're going to talk about something that he regards as really great, VMware Fusion. And this is the latest version of their virtualization software. Now, for people who are new to the platform or just confused as to what all these buzzwords mean, what is a virtual machine? Dan, you know, imagine, you know, you have your machine, whether that's a Mac or a Windows, right? And you've got an operating system installed on that. On the Mac, you have Mac OS. On PCs, you have Windows, you know, XP, 7, 8, 10, what have you. What a virtual machine is, it's being able to run one of those operating systems inside of another operating system without the two of them being aware of each other. So originally, it was when we first kind of came up with this, it was in 1998 when we developed the technology here at Stanford University, which is, you know, kind of across the street from where our headquarters is here now in Palo Alto. It was kind of a trick where we could kind of make this work. And you had like kind of Windows running at the time on Linux inside of a little tiny window. You know, when we start to do that, basically, it allows you to have this virtual hardware that what we call the guest operating system sees. So effectively, you can have a totally different environment inside of your existing computer that doesn't know about your your physical machine, doesn't know anything about the physical world around it, uh, which allows you to do some really cool things with it. Basically, what virtualization is and what we've done is we've we started it kind of on the desktop in PCs, and then we adapted it for some of the big iron stuff, so to speak. So like our enterprise stuff. So what became VMware's now core business all started with what we did here uh, for Workstation Infusion. Now, the magic bullet here for Apple was going to Intel processors. This was announced back in 2005. In 2006, the first Macs with Intel inside rolled off the assembly line by the end, actually by the summer of 2006, every new Mac had Intel inside. And that was the magic bullet for virtualization because in the old days, if you wanted to run a PC operating system on a Mac, they had to emulate the processor. And it was dreadfully slow. But as soon as you're operating native in Intel land, 
magic occurs. Yeah, and that kind of comes to the difference with what emulation is versus what virtualization is. It's like emulation is trying to make something look like something it's not. What we are doing with virtualization is we're passing a lot of the stuff from the physical realm into the virtual realm. So we can do that only, well, we can do that on a couple of different processors, but for our use case, on x86, Intel hardware, um, there's special instructions inside of there that allow us to have these two worlds running at the same time on the same CPU without having to be aware of each other. So in the emulation days, you would have to do that entirely in software, and that became very challenging to build in the first place. And then maintaining it was very challenging because anytime something in the physical realm would update, it'd have to you know, have a, a way to kind of make that proliferate down through into the virtual machine or in the emulated device, whatever. And because of the separation of the two worlds with virtualization, a lot of that problem goes away. Originally, it was a bit of a trick. And then we worked with Intel to actually implement this stuff uh, in the physical hardware itself. So you've got, uh, it's like VT-X, virtualization technology extensions. You know, this is kind of an extra set of hardware on the CPU die itself that can that helps control and manage this world switch that, that we plug into. And, you know, other virtualization technology, they all, they all leverage that. But it was us that worked with Intel kind of originally to, to bring this to bear. Now, we'll get into the features of the new versions of Fusion in just a moment. But the key thing here is that when you run these guest operating systems, these virtual machines on your Mac, it takes advantage of the technology in such a way that you really don't see just for day-to-day work that much of a performance hit. It comes pretty close to the real thing. Yeah, we've done a lot of benchmarking and a lot of our users, you know, really appreciate that aspect of it. You know, it it, kind of just goes away and you end up with that near-native performance that we work really hard to achieve. I'll tell you one place where it works very well. Of course, you know, Apple has their own solution called Boot Camp, where you create a separate partition on your hard drive, and that's your PC partition, and you could install Windows on that partition and make it work. But there is a problem here if you have a Mac like an iMac, one of the new iMacs with the 5K Retina display, or any Mac with the Fusion drive, which is, of course, the hard drive with a solid-state drive working together. They call it Fusion. And the limitation is that the Fusion drive only works on the first partition. If you open up a second partition for boot camp, you're not getting those performance advantages. It works Mm. like a regular normal hard drive. So in that sense, I think the virtual machine working on your Fusion drive works better because you're getting better disk performance. I I definitely agree. You know, on that particular drive, there's some Fancy magic that happens away at the beginning where it knows how to intelligently write stuff between the solid-state drive and the the spindle drive, giving you that best balance between performance and and storage capacity. But yeah, like after that first partition is extended, then when you're booting off of a new partition, that very special part at the very beginning gets lost and you're just writing to standard disk. So putting it in Fusion, you know, like we were talking about how there's the separation of you know, the two worlds. But the nice thing is, is because the Mac is handling that that dynamic allocation between the solid state and the hard, the physical hard disk, or I should say the, the spindle hard disk, um, that benefit just happens because the virtual machine is really just a file on side of the Mac instead of being a whole physical partition. So you can absolutely do that, and it, uh, it runs fantastic that way. So basically try it yourself. And by the way, we'll mention later, you do have a demo version of Fusion, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Users can try it for 30 days and, um, you know, give you full functionality. You can try Fusion 8 or Fusion 8 Pro. 
Um, you know, if you're looking at testing out some of the cool features that we've got in the, the, the pro version there, that's uh, totally available, 30-day free trial. Okay, so you can see how well it works. And almost anybody can somehow get this Windows 10 Insider thing. Technically, you can't anymore, but there's always a way. So you don't necessarily have to own a copy of Windows to do this. Or if you have an old copy of Windows with a user license on your PC, maybe you can transfer it over. There's always a way of doing it. Let's talk about Fusion. So the history of Fusion is what do you bring to the Mac community with Fusion? And then we'll get into the new features quickly. Sure. Well, we released Fusion in 2006, I believe. Uh, you know, it was right after that Intel switchover moment. And, you know, it, our original purpose was, you know, let users run Windows on the Mac. And that was really our, our foundation goal. And uh, and I think, we've you know, we've achieved that, obviously, and it's been working great for a lot of years. The, um, the whole kind of evolution of it, though, it's gone from more than just, you know, I need to run, you know, a simple version of Windows. Um, you know, we have, because we get to inherit all the cool stuff that happens in the enterprise space that VMware does at this technology, we import that and bring that into Fusion to give it the broadest OS support. So it's more than just Windows. Users can run Linux. They can run Unix. They can run other weird things. You can even run MS-DOS in it. You know, It can get you, pretty wild what you can run on it. We yeah. have Michael Roy. He's Senior Product Marketing Manager for Fusion and Fusion Pro from VMware. More to come on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. 
Are you excited about the World Wide Web? Do you want a place where you can share your ideas and express yourself? Well, dial up your modems and stream on down to the GCN Live Community Forum. Lots of radical features await you there. Wow, Internet guy. I am so glad I went to the GCN Live Community Forum. You too can discover why the World Wide Web is awesome. Just go to GCNlive.com slash forum. That's GCNlive.com slash forum. I'll see you in cyberspace. Space. Friend GCN Live on Diaspora and Cross.tv. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z, 201-945-1177, 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Michael Roy joins us. We're talking about Fusion and Fusion Pro. And you're pointing out here that it's not just running Windows on your Mac. There's a collection of virtual machines there. You've got dozens and dozens of operating systems, don't you? Yeah, it's over 200. So, I mean, when you think about anything that can run on, an, on a physical Intel x86 device, it's probably going to run inside of VMware Fusion. Even if it's not fully supported, you know, as in the, there's an item in the dropdown that says this particular thing, um, there's a good chance it's going to work because there's, you know, the nice thing about Linux is there's a few base distributions, a few, a few base varieties, and everything else becomes kind of a derivative of that. We're able to provide all that support for all those different operating systems to do a lot of different things, you know. So whether you're just checking out, you know, like I said, running Windows on the Mac or whether you're doing development, running web servers inside of Linux machines. Um, you can even run Mac OS in a virtual machine. So, you know, and a lot of our users are doing that nowadays, too, because it's Apple made the developer preview program, uh, the public beta available. So anybody without having to be the $100 a year developer can go ahead and test the latest thing from from uh, from Apple. And, uh, you know, in VMware Fusion 8, which we just released, has support for El Capitan, which isn't quite released yet. So the advantage here would be you could still run, say, OS X Yosemite on your Mac. And you don't want to set up a second partition or maybe you don't have enough space for that. But you want to try out El Capitan, but you don't want to replace your 
core operating system because it's not ready for prime time. So you set it up in Fusion, and Apple allows that. Yep, absolutely. So you can totally run OS X in a virtual machine as long as it's on Apple hardware. Um, that's their, their only requirement. And it's really easy, too, because once you just download it, all you have to do is just drag the install file onto Fusion. Fusion knows what it is, knows what to do, and just kicks off the process for you. Um, so you kind of walk away and come back and then sign into your Apple ID and when you go. Two Mac OS on one Mac. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe an older one if you want to try it. That's the thing people do, too, right? Because it's a lot of users, whether you're using it just for checking something out, there's another use case which our professionals tend to use, which is around testing software and whatnot. So they want to make sure it's going to work on Windows XP, Windows 10, Windows 8, Windows 7, uh, OS 10.8, 10.9, 10.11, etc. Right. So they need to make sure all that, and they can do that all now on one machine, thanks to VMware Fusion. We use an app called the Levelator, and that's used to normalize or equalize levels for our recordings before we do the final post-production for the network. And unfortunately, under El Capitan, it no longer works, and it may never be updated. But I can run the Windows version in a virtual machine and have it process all my audio files, and it's very seamless. Okay, so what is Fusion 8 and Fusion 8 Pro bringing to the table? What are the new features? So coming from the older versions, what we did was we took a, a pass, and we've been working on this kind of a project for a bunch of years now where we uh, we updated the, the graphics engine. You know, first off, you have Windows 10. We work with Windows 10. You have OS 10, El Capitan support both on your Mac, so you can run Fusion with OS 10, El Capitan on the Mac, and put whatever virtual machines inside of there. You can run OS 10 El Capitan as a virtual machine, like we mentioned, to discuss it. But like I said, we've been working on this project for a few years now to provide this enhanced graphics engine. Um, so now we have DirectX 10 and OpenGL 3.3, which adds new functionality, new performance improvements to anything that is graphically related, which can be everything from drawing the UI for your Excel and Office productivity stuff to doing OpenGL-related computer-aided design stuff like AutoCAD, you know, even just playing games like Minecraft and whatnot. Um, in Fusion Pro, the big feature that we added this year was integration into vCloud Air. So vCloud Air is VMware's public cloud service. It's very similar to like an Amazon AWS or a Microsoft Azure. Um, it's your VMs running in a cloud. So within Fusion, you can upload a VM and run it in the cloud. So you can drag it, drop it into the cloud. It'll automatically upload it to your and we call it a virtual data center running inside of the cloud. Um, and really, when we say the cloud, it's just it's a it's a remote location. You know, it's it's one of our controlled uh, operated infrastructure sites. So you can upload it there. So you know, you can have a desktop that's running in the cloud. Maybe that's just like a Linux desktop that you need to do some quick stuff when it's running there. Or uh, maybe you're building a web application. You're like a developer or a, or an IT guy, and you build a website or a a mobile backend for something. And you can deploy that locally on your Mac, test it, make sure that all those virtual machines do what you want them to do. And then you can upload that to the cloud and give that to, you know, your millions of users that you're trying to go after for your app, your next big idea, whatever, right? So, you know, we've also improved some of the other integration that we had with like our vSphere technology, which our, our pro guys really appreciate. And yeah, so that's, that's the one thing that we're most excited about. And to kind of get users interested, uh, we're giving folks a $600 signup bonus uh, to vCloud Air. So right within Fusion Pro, and this is only for Fusion Pro, um, you can click the sign-up button into that, and we'll take you through the sign-up process where we automatically apply a $600 credit for six months, uh, which allows you to basically use the service and, and kind of do everything risk-free for, for six months. You know, whichever comes first, that $600 burn down or, or the six months of time. So, you know, we think users are going to really like that. You can even just back stuff up, drag it to the cloud and, and let it stay there. Um, as, a, as a backup service, because you're only really paying for the resources that you're consuming them. So if your VM's not running, 
it's just powered off. You're only paying for the storage at, you know, pennies a day. I want to go back to one feature you mentioned earlier, which is the new graphics enhancements. What will that mean if you want to play some PC games in Windows on your Mac? That mean two things. Uh, one, certain games or any other application that was DirectX 10 only, um, that didn't have a failback to DirectX 9, um, those are going to work. Uh, so before, basically, there would have been a, a series of games or applications that just wouldn't work under DirectX 9. Those are all going to work now. And the other benefit is because we did all the work to make that certified and make that driver a reality and whatnot, uh, we end up having a performance benefit out of our existing, or I should say, out of the previous version of DirectX. So anything that runs DirectX 9 is going to be nice and faster. It's going to be smoother. Um, you know, overall, we're seeing around a 15 to 20% performance bump out of DirectX 9. And uh, when we look at OpenGL compared to our previous version, we're seeing around a 65% performance boost. Uh, OpenGL 3.3 is a lot further ahead uh, than 2.0 than that the uh, previous version had. So there's a lot better performance improvements that we just kind of get out of as a result. But because we optimized the virtual hardware to really take advantage of what the Macs can do at the graphics space, that really translates to the performance improvements that, uh, that I mentioned. But you wouldn't benchmark how close it comes to a native Intel Windows installation. Uh, we do the benchmarks. I mean, it's pretty close. You know, I, I can go on record and we can save anywhere between 65 and 85 percent of native performance is kind of what we're what we're achieving. You know, 85 percent is kind of in those very streamlined focused use cases. But given what we're doing there, the fact that we can really have that kind of a level of performance, I think, really says a lot about where virtualization has come these days. And, and still, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing that we can even do this at all. Well, I'll tell you, it certainly does sound like there's less and less of a use case for boot camp with all this. Tell our listeners here before you go where they can check out Fusion and Fusion Pro and maybe download that demo copy. Yeah, absolutely. So at uh, you know VMware.com, there's all of our stuff is right on there. We have VMware Fusion 8 and Fusion 8 Pro. They're both available at our online store, which is store.vmware.com. Within there, you know, Fusion 8 is $49.99. Fusion 8 Pro is $119.99 if we're upgrading. So $79.99 and $199.99, respectively, if you're purchasing new. Um, and one of the other cool things, too, about Fusion 8 Pro is, you know, a lot of our customers, uh, our VMware customers are in general, right? So they buy enterprise software from us, and they can purchase VMware Fusion Pro from their channel partners as well. So you can come on over to vcloud or vmware.com. You can come to vmware.com and check out uh, right on the front homepage, there's a thing for Fusion right there. Michael Roy, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Well, thanks for having me, Gene. Really appreciate it. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to OneSilverSolution.com. OneSilverSolution.com. There is only one silver solution.
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government? Be truly independent. Visit libertyoncall.org. Libertyoncall.org is a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Libertyoncall.org. Call today. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRA, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Seven-year-old female and had a heart attack in 2005. This is Alice from New Jersey. I still get angina, even with four stents. I was taking nitro two or three times a week. The very first day after taking heart and body extract, the chest pain was gone. Now I don't wear a nitro patch. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We're joined by Kirk McElhern, who is a columnist for Macworld, and also he writes Kirkville at McElhern.com, which is his daily blog with lots and lots of content. We're not going to talk too much about music today, so I will not say he's the iTunes guy. I just said it. Yeah, I know. I knew you would. But just to tell the people listening, uh, I told Gene before the show that since we've talked about iTunes and Apple Music, like the past four times I've been on the show, I really don't want to talk about it again. But we have breaking news, so we're going to talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about the breaking news. Now, I assume 
that Apple Music has been reasonably successful, and we can go into the numbers in a minute. But now we hear that the director of Apple Music, the core Beats executive that was working with the Apple Music project, because he also worked with Beats Music, is leaving. Ian Rogers. Why? Now, I look at his photograph, by the way, at Apple Insider, and it looks to me like it's something you see when the police department takes a mugshot. <laughs> it's it's not one of those really good executive photos or LinkedIn profile photos, is it? Well, that's it. That's why he's leaving. He didn't like his photo. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, what, what's interesting is that he is leaving before the end of his three-month trial, um, and this kind of makes people wonder. Uh, I mean, there, there are two possibilities. Either he's leaving because he's getting axed, and we talked about a lot of the problems there are in uh, using Apple Music. So he could be leaving because he's getting the axe, or he could be leaving because he doesn't like the way things are working, and he's just fed up with it and wants to leave. So it's it's hard to know because he's not going to say, Apple's not going to say. Apple has confirmed that he's leaving. Apparently, he's going to work for a company in Europe that in an unrelated industry. So it won't have anything to do with music, which is surprising because he's been in the music industry for quite some time. Now, also, that means that his non-compete clause is not invoked if he goes into another industry. Now, that could be two yeah, three reasons yeah. there. It might not just be that. It might be that some company came to him and said, we can throw you all this money if you come work for us, but it's a completely different industry. It's not going to compete with anything you're doing at Apple. And maybe you took advantage of it, or as we might suspect, that some of the early problems with Apple Music have been pinned on him, and he hasn't been steved, he's been cooked. Ooh, okay. Again, as I said, it's possible it's one of two things. Either he's the one who's responsible for the problems, or he's not, and he doesn't want to try and fix the problems anymore. The, the one thing you have to consider as a high-level executive like that when they leave a company so soon after an acquisition, they're clearly losing out on a lot of stock options. I would assume that the stock is going to vest after a year or two or three. So now there could be an agreement we don't know about where he's getting something, but it sounds like he's losing out on a lot. Now, another outside possibility here is that he had already planned to leave. And Apple said, you know what? Stay with us. Let's get this thing launched. And then go ahead. Mazel tov. That's another possibility that he would have left anyway. That surprises me because if you do that, you don't do it. So, so we're in this three-month trial period before anyone's paid any money for Apple Music. You wouldn't leave until users start converting to paid users and all that. I, I think that, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I wouldn't know you'd the leave answer. After We're just it, speculating. Leave here. We're shooting from the hip yeah. here. We're trying to guess what happened. But regardless, the guy's going. What impact that will have on the service, we don't know. Because that will be something that you'll notice on the long term. It won't be anything immediate. Yeah, we... we again, Apple Music is, is this big thing. And it's not like one person... A lot of people are involved in Apple Music. It's not only the technical people, it's the marketing people. So it's hard to know who's in charge of the way Apple Music does things. Um, I note in the Recode article about this, he joined Beats in 2013, so that's not really long before the acquisition. 
Um, he ran Yahoo Music and then Top Spin, which is a, a, a an industry thing for for artists and managers. So he wasn't with Beats a very long time, and maybe he didn't have a lot of stock options because of that. Um, who knows? Who knows? But it does um, it. It, it does suggest that there is a bit of discord as far as how Apple Music is working. Well, it's possible Apple wants to make more changes, not just bring in Beats Music pretty much as it was with an Apple label. And again, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. And a lot of that will not be known. It's possible he might write the book five years from now, the tell-all book, and say, this is what really happened. Again, we're just making it up. We don't know. But that's the story. But guessing. it's a sec- it's a second story about Apple Music, where there's a organization called Music Watch that did a survey of the people using Apple Music, and something like close to half the people had stopped using it after a month or so. And that's yeah. pretty damning. I mean, I understand people might just sign up to give it a try, and they're busy with life, and especially during the summer months, they're going on vacation, they don't have a chance to give it a try. Other people try it out and say, you know, I don't need this. And we don't know. But then Apple comes out with statistics showing that the figure was something like 79% of the people who signed up for the free trial with Apple Music are still using it. So what are we talking about here? We have Music Watch, which is not one of these fancy survey organizations that makes things up. And we'll mention a few of those in a moment. They seem to be highly respected in the industry. You know, what does it mean to be using Apple Music? Does it mean that you're simply listening to Beats One Radio? Does it mean that you've simply connected to Apple Music? And if that's the case, all you have to do is launch iTunes to end up in the iTunes Store and Apple Music and click a tab. Um, Same thing on iOS. So if Apple is merely counting the people who connect to Apple Music at some point which includes people who are perhaps going to look um, in for you or to see what's new without even playing anything. They might just browse the list and and move on. Um, You'd need to know how much people are using it, not just, it shouldn't be a binary. It should be um, a certain percent of people are using it less than an hour a week or five to 10 hours a week, et cetera. So I, I don't think the numbers, I don't think the numbers have much value Apple did. Apple doesn't usually communicate that kind of information, but they did rush this one out. Um, I think they're a little bit worried about all the bad press about Apple Music, I and mean, rightly so. But if they wanted to make their number something that we could understand, they should have explained what it means. As should Music Watch. Yeah, and again you don't know how much someone's using something and, and what using means. And so, yeah. Well, I'm still using Apple Music. I played one song yesterday. I actually played an album yesterday. Uh, today. Um, I was redoing a bunch of stuff in my office, and I played, I listened to the Allman Brothers album, Eat a Peach. Um, I, I must admit I'm not using it a lot because I have a big music collection. There are times when I'll be reading in bed and I'll just turn on Apple Music and see if there's a a playlist that looks appropriate rather than, you know, choosing a specific album. But, you know, I'm not the target demographic. Well, 
technically I should be the target demographic because I'm a music fanatic, but I have so much music that it's not, it doesn't, it's not a big asset to me to have that much more. Let's explore this in more detail in a couple of minutes. Okay. Just very briefly about Apple music. Then we'll get on to another set of statistics we can talk about. We have Kirk McElhern and he has a blog called Kirkville at McElhern.com. And you should check it out because he posts like several things a day. I don't think he has much of a life because between this and writing for Macworld and a few other tasks, that fills a day and a half. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Turn on the news and you'll hear stories of natural disasters, political unrest, and financial crisis. In times of uncertainty, how will you take care of your family's most basic needs? Food Insurance, America's most trusted provider of freeze-dried emergency food, has solutions that fit your family's needs and budget. Our meals are delicious, nutritious, and come with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life. For a limited time, we are sending a free freeze-dried meal to all listeners of this program. Go to foodinsurance.com and request your free meal today. That's foodinsurance.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. I want to offer you Tech Night Owl Plus. It's a premium version of this radio show, free of the network ads, higher quality audio, and we're going to add a Tech Night Owl Minute real soon now, probably after Labor Day. And to get involved, all you have to do is check out plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. And when you get there, you will see a sign-up page. And it explains that you're joining our forums, too, to do this. And then you upgrade the forum to a premium membership and you get the ad-free version of the show, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. And once again, coming soon, the Tech Night Owl Minute, where I speak for a minute, and sometimes even 61 seconds. We have Kirk McElhern, who writes for Macworld and also has Kirkville, his own blog. And we were talking briefly about the user statistics of Apple Music and the dueling versions from Apple and Music Watch. Now, here's another area where Apple responded in a way that you didn't expect. And this goes to the fact that Apple's stock price tanked consistent with the concerns over the economy in China. And the stock was really going down because you figure the problems in China, Apple's heavily dependent on revenue from China, so they must be in deep trouble, right? Well, then we have Tim Cook writing this email to Jim Cramer at CNBC saying, you know what, we're doing gangbusters over there in China. We're hitting, you know, great levels. Everything is hunky-dory. Now, he didn't say it quite that way. I said it that way. Now, how often do you see Apple trying to stem a stock market slide with a response? I think never. And I think, as we both read, there are a number of people who are speculating that what Tim Cook has done may be illegal as far as the SEC rules are concerned that companies aren't allowed to communicate that sort of information 
outside of specific earnings announcements and, and, and all that. And I really have no idea what these rules are and how they work. But you know um, what? Apple does that from time to time. How many times you have an Apple event and Apple gives preliminary information about sales ahead of the formal quarterly announcement? So if, if Steve Jobs wasn't stopped from doing it, if Tim Cook wasn't stopped previously from doing it, why would this email be any different? I must say I don't know. And, and again, there are some articles that I've seen that discuss this, and it, this is totally out of my expertise. Um, but it is surprising. So here's one thing that I think is problematic is that he sent the information to an individual. He didn't issue a press release. When Apple does an Apple event, it's a public announcement. How long did Jim Cramer wait before he made that public? How many people did he tell before he made that public, knowing that that statement would make the stock go up a huge amount, and which it did? Um, that, to me, suggests that Tim Cook could be partly responsible, and Jim Cramer as well, um, for insider trading violations. And, and that's kind of, that's a little bit surprising. Now, I understood here that the regulation is one of these things about disclosing public and private information. That's what it's all about. But again, yeah. just because someone does something like this doesn't mean that the SEC is going to jump after Apple. Because it's of not they not. said anything that was untrue. No. That, well, we don't know if it's untrue. In other words, they, they said something based on, let's say, their current, the current numbers they have. But you don't know if that if these current numbers translate to similar results when they get to the end of the quarter, because it's not just sales that matter, it's other expenses too. So yeah, great. We're doing lots of sales, but what about everything else that will affect their quarterly results? Um, I think that's a little bit problematic. He talked about iPhone activations and he talked about app store sales. Yeah. And he, and he said they were good, but again, he, he sent this to an individual who probably leaked it to a number of people before he made it public. And how many of those people bought shares and made, I think it was 8% um, Apple's shares went up that day. Well, so that's the I, issue I think, here. That's the argument that could be made for insider trading. How long yeah. was it between the time this was received and revealed? If it was revealed almost immediately, then nobody benefits any more than anybody else. And that's something that has to be clarified, I suppose. But that would be Jim Cramer's fault, not Tim Cook's fault. True, but it's Tim Cook who, who made this as a private communication to one person. And I think part of the problem is if you make it public, that's one thing because everyone is gonna is gonna get the information at the same time. And and you know, like Steve Jobs or Tim Cook at a keynote, um, that information is shared widely. If you do it privately though, then you're offering a, an advantage to a limited to a single person or a limited number of people knowing that he's going to be sharing it to other people. Well, I think the assumption here is that when Tim Cook writes to anybody outside of Apple, who is a public personality, yeah, as Jim Cramer is, the intent is that it will be shared. The expectation is that it will be shared. We don't know. And that's something, once again, that Jim Cramer will have to address. That's Jim Cramer's problem. I don't think it's Tim Cook's problem. Assuming that he was giving accurate information or information that was accurate at the time, that he included that information in his letter, I don't necessarily see a problem because it's not beyond what Apple has done at the past at public events. Yeah, I don't know any more than that. Again, it's out of my expertise. 
All right, let's talk about stats in a different way, all right? Now, some stats came out this week from IDC. Disclaimer first. IDC is owned by IDG Group, which also owns Macworld. And we know, of course, that Kirk McElhern writes for Macworld. Of course, that doesn't stop McElope from attacking IDC, which he really did the other day for other reasons. Let's look at IDC and the track record, because this is something that the media doesn't cover. IDC in 2012 said that the Windows Phone platform would supplant or be much more popular than iOS by, what, 2015, 2016? Yeah. Has that happened? Hmm, I think not. And the problem I have with people or firms do this kind of analysis is that they're quoted without comment or criticism in the media. And how many people go back and say, hey, let's see your track record. You're making all these prognostications and you have a right to do so. You have a right to sell that information to clients and make whatever money you do because there's no regulation of industry analysis. But what's your track record? Show us how accurate you are. Explain why every time they report Mac sales, for example, they always underestimate ahead of Apple's financials. Almost always underestimate by several points. But, okay, that's where it goes. Let me now explain what I'm talking about. So they reported a survey of wearables. Second quarter 2015 wearables. So and I'm just going to quote this from memory. The Fitbit sold 4.4 million units. Apple Watch sold 3.6 million. Okay. So more people want to buy Fitbits. Wait a minute. Apple only sold the Apple Watch for nine weeks out of this quarter. Now, the other issue I have with this is that the Apple Watch is put in the category of a wearable, which I understand. It's something you wear that has activity tracking or something like that. But in the broad sense of the term, Kirk McElhern, before we go into the meaning of the stats, can we say that a Fitbit and Apple Watch are really in the same category or, and are cross-shopped by people? I think so. Um, and I think so. So you, you made one um, comment that Apple was only selling it for a shorter time. Apple started selling it, I believe it was April 10th, even though they weren't shipping right away. Um, they were taking orders, and we know that there were an awful lot of early orders. So I, I would say that Apple's got pretty much a full quarter there. Um, now, comparing the devices, what they do, it's obvious that an Apple Watch is a device that people are going to buy for more than just fitness tracking. But Fitbit has a couple of devices like that, too. They're, what is it called, the Charge and the Charge HR, uh, the Surge. I'm, I can't remember their names. One of them is pretty close. It's pretty similar to the Garmin um, GPS runner's watch. So it doesn't do the whole notifications. Um, you know, you can't view the weather, your calendar, and stuff like that. But for many people, it's what they want. They don't, excuse me, they don't want anything more than that. Now, um, it does show time of day. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. The Fitbit Charge HR Wireless Activity Wristband. It's called a wristband. It's not called a watch. And it lists for $150. And certainly, if that's what you want, it's $200 cheaper than Apple Watch. And it does a lot of things that Apple Watch does with regard to activity. It also shows call notifications. It has limited notifications also. Yeah, it's very limited. For the activity stuff, um, 
the the Fitbit does what you need. All Let's you continue this in our next segment. With Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So it's the Fitbit against Apple Watch. And depending on how you use it, maybe the Fitbit does most of what you want in an Apple Watch and you can save a couple hundred dollars at least, or maybe ten or $15,000, depending on which model Apple Watch you want. So in a generic sense, they do have overlapping functions. So yeah. um, the, the, one you, the one you want to compare actually is the Surge. I'm just looking. That's the, the more expensive one with built-in GPS. Um, the charge is just an activity tracker, and it can do your heart rate. The Surge has GPS. So the Surge is basically a competitor for Garmin's GPS watches, which are very popular with runners. It's a competitor for the Apple Watch if your desire for a wearable device is running and tracking your runs and little more. And again, this is what most people are using them for. Um, most people aren't buying the Apple Watch for the whole plethora of things it can do. And it seems to me that Apple added as many features as possible into the watch to try and get people with all sorts of different needs. And that kind of makes sense. But 
you're talking, let's see, $250 for the Fitbit Surge. I think the Garmin watches are about the same price. That's $100 cheaper than the cheapest Apple Watch. Right, but that's just one of a number of models that Fitbit sells. If you took them apart, I'd say the Surge is probably closer to the concept of a smartwatch. It is. But but again, uh, it's designed to target a very specific um, demographic, runners, essentially, because that's where the Garmin has its market. Fitbit before used to just count steps, and they've gotten better, and they've added more features. And the surge is what they did to get this share of the market that they're not getting. So Fit- Fitbit has a very good user base. Their app is, very, is one of the best that I've seen for wearables. Uh, it integrates with a lot of third-party apps. I find that the, let's see, the charge is not very accurate. I had a charge, not a charge HR. It's not very accurate. I have a Fitbit one that I've had for several years, and it's extremely accurate because you wear it on your belt. So it's not counting steps when you move your arms. For example, um, I compared a while ago, uh, my Apple Watch counted something like 2,400 steps um, for, the, for this morning, and my Fitbit about 1,700. Now, I was putting together some furniture in my office, um, and the Apple Watch counted my hand movements as, as steps. Now, interestingly, the Apple Watch also counted th- those movements as activity for calories, which makes sense when you consider you know how many calories when you put together an Ikea bookshelf. Um, whereas the Fitbit, since it's not steps, it doesn't count it at all. So, you know, it, it's a tough thing to, to know what you're going to count. It depends really on your use. Okay, but um, getting to the broad subject here... Do we consider them in the same category in a generic sense? Yes, but the Apple Watch is more full-featured. Now, maybe there should be another category called smartwatch. And maybe IDC should say, among smartwatches, this is what Apple sold. This is what Samsung sold with the Galaxy Gear. This is what Pebble sold, that sort of thing. And that might be more of a fair comparison because, again, you know, there's an overlap. But then... There are a lot of products that overlap, you know, like, for example, we have a tablet. And I just looked the other day at Walmart online, and they have a portable DVD player with a touchscreen so you can watch something. Now, you could do that also with a cheap tablet, so which also has a touchscreen. So now we have, we have... Two products that we consider in different categories, but they have overlapping features. But where do you put the DVD in the tablet? You don't. You have to have an accessory player of some kind, whereas with this, you could... Right, so they're not overlapping. Well, they're overlapping in the sense you can watch media. They can watch MP3 media, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't consider that overlapping because your portable DVD thing is is a one-task device. So that, to me, doesn't overlap. Um, I, I think what's interesting, if you look at the IDC numbers, they give... Um, second quarter shipment volume, 4.4 million for Fitbit, 3.6 million for Apple, 3.1 million for Xiaomi, a Chinese company that isn't really selling their device outside of China. Then you get low numbers for Garmin and Samsung, but then you get others, 5.7 million. So there is a huge market for wearables, which includes all sorts of different smartwatches in it, but it includes many other devices as well. Where does Pebble fit here? Where is Pebble? Is Pebble other? Pebble is in the others because I think they only sold a few hundred thousand. Uh, what did they get? A couple hundred thousand um, on their Kickstarter thing, which is a lot for them. 
But they claim to have sold over a million, but that's like in a year and a half. That's since it was introduced, I think. Um, that's cumulative. That might but, be two years now. Yeah, so IDC is only showing the top five with Samsung coming in at 600,000. So Pebble would probably be six or seven. Um, but they just don't have enough to be in the top five, simply. But among what you'd call a smartwatch, in its first quarter, Apple Watch was number one by a pretty substantial margin. It only becomes number two when you compare it to a product that has a specific feature set overlap in terms of activity tracking. If you count it among exactly. activity trackers, it's number two. If you count it among smartwatches, it's number one with a massive bullet. But that doesn't mean anything right now because what about this quarter? What about the next quarter? Now, another significant thing about Apple Watch is that here in the States, Best Buy appears to be so pleased with sales, they're expanding it from 100 stores to the entire chain, which is well over 1,000 stores. That has to count for something. Apparently. Um, but we don't know what that means in terms of sales. Are they selling 100 a month in each store? That's, you know, 100,000 a month, which isn't, which isn't, it's not chopped liver, as we say. Um, so it's hard to know. Until, until we get actual numbers, all we are going to be doing is speculating here. Um, well, that's I, I do the big agree question with you that, here. Will that, we ever I, get accurate numbers unless there is a blowout? quarter for Apple Watch, or unless Apple changes its tune, I have no idea which one we're talking about here, you will never get this except by inference. Yeah, if Apple really does well, then they'll give numbers. If not, we won't see them. So but we assume one, one then that Apple know, did okay, well, but maybe not spectacularly. Well, it depends on what Apple's objectives are. Remember, it's, it's a much bigger company than Fitbit with a much better distribution network, its own retail stores and all that. Um, do note that Fitbit's growth uh, 2015 over 2014 is 158%. So even though their devices are less expensive overall, um, that's pretty nice growth for the company. So wh while an Apple Watch does more, most people don't want the Apple Watch. They want fitness trackers. They want simple devices. And again, we have to remember that um, you can use a Fitbit with Android, and you can't use an Apple Watch with Android. Not yet. No, you can't. But yeah. Apple Music, you'll be able to use on Android. Music, we assume this fall, and we assume that's what's going to happen. We're going to predict that at the <laughs> September 9th event. We'll know more about that. In fact, let's get to that right now. Let's so on my birthday, and Apple's done this a couple of times. On my birthday, and I am so old, I'm not going to tell you how old I will be on September 9th. If I... Jean Methuselah Steinberg. Excuse me? Jean Methuselah Steinberg. Yes, I, Methuselah. I can't pronounce my middle name. That's why I never use it. <laughs> okay, so Apple has their event. And this time it's all something about Siri is part of it here. You know, they've got kind of a Siri shtick going on. You can ask Siri what's going on. Siri will give you a smart Alec answers. But we yeah, all know and, it's going to be mostly about iPhone. And maybe there'll be other things. Maybe there'll be a new Apple TV. Maybe there will be some other stuff, but we assume that's sufficient. In fact, Apple said, hey, Siri, give us a hint. And if you ask Siri... To explain that, Siri doesn't want to tell you. In fact, it's fun. Yep. Why don't you go ask 
Siri and see what Siri tells you. But there Let are expectations about what Apple's going to do in our next segment. We're going to figure that Give out. We're going to figure hint. out what Apple is up to at this event. Is everything going to be predictable? Or are there surprises? And can they use the words and one more thing because a company patented that term? More to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You pick up the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. You. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Jason! 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 Going once, Jason. twice. Jason. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now, online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. 
The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's ALKAVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we have this company, was it Swatch? That patented the term and one more thing, or one more thing. Yeah, they did. And yeah. but they claim it's not from Apple; it's from the yeah. TV show Columbo. Yeah, it's true that Columbo did have that shtick, but it's kind of seriously. It's like everyone knows that Apple uses it. Well, actually, um, Steve Jobs used to use it, and Tim Cook, as far as I know, only used it once, right? So far as I know, yes. One reason it. he didn't do it before is because he didn't want to be consider just an imitation of Steve Jobs. Yeah. So from what I understand about trademarks is you can only register a trademark after you've actually been using it for a while. So you know there's two symbols for trademarks. One is the little TM and one is the R in a circle. The TM indicates your intention to use something as a trademark. And once you start using that, you're essentially preventing other people from using it Um, as a trademark, but you don't own it yet until you've used it long enough. Um, There's a criteria of continued use, and I think the technical term is defending a trademark. So if you own a trademark and you don't use it anymore, you can lose it. I don't see, unless the rules in Europe are very different, um, I don't see how Swatch was able to just grab that as a trademark the, the same way you would grab a domain name. Well, we won't go into that. We're just kind of saying it in passing. Okay, let's look at this event. Predictably, there's going to be a new iPhone series, possibly a 6S and a 6S Plus. Any reason to think it's going to be something else? As far as the iPhone's concerned or as far as other hardware is concerned? As far as the iPhone. Anything else that might surprise no. us? Well, no, I, I can't imagine. Um, there's been rumors going both ways about a 4-inch phone. Some rumors say yes, some rumors say no. Um, I, I Personally, I prefer a 4-inch and... I'm still using my 5S because I don't like the 6. It's too big and slippery. Uh, I may keep the 5S as long as I can and not buy a new one And if they don't make a 4-inch size. But I no, I can't see anything. This, this is the off year for the iPhone, which, to be fair, the off year often introduces new features, like the 5S was the first one with Touch ID. Um, but this is the off year. It's not the, it's not the form factor change. It's the minor feature change. So they're talking about a better camera. They always talk about a better camera. Um, Force touch, um, and who knows what else. Obviously, the rumors that there might have been an iPhone 7 wouldn't be sufficient. Everything you're seeing from supply chain leaks points to something that looks about the same. But part of that is they could change every single part in there with greatly enhanced parts, more features, and it will be considered a minor upgrade because the case doesn't look much different. Right. The form factor doesn't change. 
So if they change the home button, for instance, then it's not a big deal. If they change, you know, the, the, the actual button itself inside the circle that's in the front case, um, if they move the camera, on the other hand, that changes the back of it, and that's a bigger retooling. Um, they can change all the innards without it costing money. Because remember, a lot of this is, is not having to retool the factories. You know, it, it's a complicated process. It, it's a process that they do that costs money and time. So if they can keep making the same body in the same front, that makes it an awful lot easier for the device. But from the standpoint of the user, it may be a very different product because it's got forced touch, it's got a better camera, it's got more powerful processor, it's got more memory. There might be a lot of things from the hardware point of view that are different, but as long as it fits into relatively the same case, it's minor. Yeah, I, I predicted it will be faster, it will do more, and it will cost about the same. And this is pretty much the case with every iPhone. The next generation um, does more, is faster, has more memory, whatever, has a better display, but the price is generally the same. iPhone 6S and iPhone 6S Plus. But now... Or is it or is it 6 Plus S? You know what? I don't know. I think 6S Plus sounds better. It sounds better, yeah. And I think Apple would choose that. But let's go into the other question here, and that is the cheapest, the free phone, whatever, in the current line is the iPhone 5C, 4-inch, iPhone 5S, 4-inch display. What is Apple going to do about that? Are they going to have a 4-inch model? Will they just simply make the iPhone 5S the legacy model with the 4-inch display, or would Apple consider a more modern or more updated four inch. Is there enough demand for one of those? Or is Apple so caught up in the larger screens, they won't consider people like Kirk McElhern? Well, I'm not alone. A lot of people uh, I know have said that they find that they prefer the four inch over the, the larger iPhone. One thing that I've noticed is an awful lot of people I know, you know, among my colleague tech writers. So these are people who handle a lot of hardware. An awful lot of them have dropped their iPhone 6s and broken the screens. Um, I don't recall hearing that very often with the 5 or the 4 or whatever, but the 6 is quite slippery. So if you don't have a case around it, um, it is very easy to drop. And a, a friend who used to work at an Apple store, when the 6 came out, he said that they were getting lots of people coming in, even in the first weeks and months, um, with broken screens, far more like like orders of magnitude higher than what they had with the 5. Now, there are published reports Apple's going to use a stronger aluminum case. That's not going to mean anything, though, if you drop it and you crack the yeah, screen. Yeah, it's the screen that breaks, yeah. Right. But you won't be able to bend it. Now, that's kind of one of these self-contradictory claims. They say Apple is doing this using more reinforced aluminum with zinc or something similar to what they do with the Apple Watch. And that is to get rid of the problems that occurred due to this Bengate phenomenon where it supposedly bends in your rear pocket. But Apple never admitted to such a thing. And all the published tests show that the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus were about as resilient to bending as any other product. Doesn't mean Apple can't make it better. But when you say this in predicting what's going to have, you're admitting that there was a problem. Well, did Apple say that? No, it's the tech analysts who are right, saying, well, right. we know there was a problem there, so now Apple's going to get rid of that problem. Yeah. 
Um, no, I, Apple's not said anything about it. And no, the, what they did say is that they did not have a problem and only had very few complaints. Yeah, uh, then, but they're not going to say anything else. It's it's obvious. I think it was overblown. I mean, it happened in a few cases. You don't put your phone in your back pocket and sit down. I'm sorry. Well, if you abuse a thing, no matter what they do, somebody's going to test the waters and somebody's going to break it. Yeah, and stick it in a blender and all that. Oh, boy, I hate to see what the blender looks like after that. Well, you know that company that does that? Will it blend and they do these YouTube videos and they stick everything in. They've got great blenders. Um, I, they, you, for a couple of years, it was pretty popular. Maybe when the first iPad came out, and it was too big and then they stopped. But I, I, I'm actually more interested in a couple of other things about this September 9th event. The first is that it's in a very large auditorium that holds 7,000 people. Let's um, go into the next has- aspect in our next segment. Okay. We've got Kirk McElhern, Macworld columnist, iTunes guy, and many other things. Man about town. That's it. We haven't used that in a while. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. Now, a twice-as-nice Twin Kit special offer from Complete H2O Minerals for all GCN listeners. Get a Complete H2O Minerals Twin Kit with 33 different minerals, vitamins, and amino acids all in a liquid form. Enough for two people for one month. Regular price, $89.95. But now, Complete H2O Minerals is offering the Twin Kit for $69.95. And all GCN listeners receive a bonus 16-ounce bottle of Ionic Silver absolutely free with free shipping. A $120 total value. Hurry, limited time offer. Call 803-794-4767 or click CompleteH2OMinerals.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. 
Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallets, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Kirk McElhern joins us and he's talking about other things he's expecting from that September 9th event that Apple called. And one is that the venue has more seats. What's the significance of that? Well, it has 7,000 seats. I I don't think there's a historical significance. A lot of people pointed out that this is where Apple introduced the Apple II. I I doubt it's because of that. Um, But add that to the fact that this is the first time that they're streaming the event on Windows, at least on Windows 10. Um, It makes me suggest that we're going to see something quite important. Uh, and I think the invitation that they sent out talked about, you know, something big or something like that. Um, there's all the speculation about TVs, about cars, about all sorts of things. And, and, and I don't know. Uh, there are a number of reasons why a car doesn't make sense or a number of reasons why a TV doesn't make sense. But I wonder what else we could be seeing that we haven't thought about. This is going to be a big event. It's bigger than any event in a while in terms of the the space they're using in terms of the windows streaming so what could we expect um you know there's talk of a new apple tv with a whole tv streaming subscription thing and, and we discussed that a few weeks ago on the show and and i don't think that in and of itself is enough that that's not a big thing that that's a a medium-sized thing that's going to get bigger over time 
Um, it, it's not something that's going to be a big surprise when it comes out. I wonder if we're not going to see something very unexpected on September 9th. What do you think? Can, can you think of anything other than the rumored TV or car um, that we could be seeing? I think if there's going to be an iPad Pro, it's too early. Also, I think an iPad event or maybe some new Macs, like a new iMac with the new processor family from Intel, would come in October. Apple doesn't like to front-load events too much. Sometimes they do it. But I don't think Apple likes to put too many things on a single venue because from a marketing standpoint, it's better to focus on a limited number of products, get them out the door, get the maximum amount of attention, then move on. So no, of course, that iOS 9 will be released. Will OS 10 El Capitan make it to September instead of October? I don't know. It's in a pretty advanced state right now. So I don't know where to guess about that. Well, so here's what I was wondering. If they're streaming this to Windows, could it be that they're releasing a version of OS X that'll run on non-Mac hardware? I don't believe that for a second. Why? The same reason Apple has never done that. And that is that once you expand the platform that way, not that they wouldn't have the reach. The problem here is that Apple is in the business of selling Apple hardware. As soon as you have sure. to get into the Windows dilemma of supporting thousands of separate products, you have the support dilemma. That's one reason why Microsoft, with all the programmers and developers and designers they have, can't get a version of Windows out other than once every three years. And one big reason is not because they're slow. It's because they have to build in support for tens and tens of thousands of different configurations. They have to basically make it work on any PC that meets a basic set of specs. But Apple is an but integrated Apple, solution. Apple products run on, you know, specifically Apple, tailored hardware. Right. But if Apple were to make OS X usable on other computers, they wouldn't have to support every single PC. They could be very limiting, only specific processors, specific graphics cards. But that costs them a sale. Every computer they support that means one less sale. Why will people pay extra for Macs if you can get OS X on a $600 Intel generic but notebook? But you wouldn't. See, that, that's the point. That's the point. I don't think you would. I think you would only get OS X on the higher-end computers. But and the higher-end computers is where Apple already owns the market. That's why I find yeah, that difficult the, the, to The comprehend. odds of that are, are pretty slim. But the fact that they're streaming it on Windows is surprising. It suggests something that goes beyond simply computers. Now, obviously, the iPhone and, and iPod, they work on Windows just fine, and, and iTunes runs on Windows. Maybe it's because they're going to be releasing more software on Windows. iWork? You know, with iCloud being accessible from Windows through iCloud.com, maybe they've ported Pages, Keynote, and Numbers to Windows. You know, now, it could that be a makes simple a reasonable amount of sense because Microsoft is selling Office for the Mac. In fact, Office for the Mac right now is getting a later version than Office for Windows. Yeah, and it's a subscription. Whereas if they were to sell, what, what were they selling the apps for? 20 bucks each, you get them free when you buy a computer. But other than that, I think they're $20 each, the, the iWork apps. Compared to a subscription for Microsoft Office, that's a big saving. And that could make sense as a long-term idea, uh, since these apps also run on iOS. They're all part of the iCloud platform. And the integration, also, they combat what Microsoft is doing, which is to expand and embrace all these other platforms. So basically, you have an Android phone, 
iOS device, Mac, Windows, you can run Office. There's a perfectly serviceable yep. version of Office. You no longer have this special emphasis on Windows. So we'll see. I, I can't think of anything else. Again, I don't believe in the car. I don't believe in the TV. The iPad Pro, as you say, that makes more sense in an iPad um, presentation. If you remember the, 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 the keynote they did at the WWDC lasted two hours. And in particular, a very painful last half hour about Apple Music. That's really the maximum limit that they can do for a keynote. So if they're going to be doing new iPhones and they're going to be talking about iOS 9, they're not going to be able to squeeze too much stuff in there. Now, as you suggested, and as what we saw in the past, OS 10 came out a little bit later than iOS. But I'm running, I'm running the Captain on a new MacBook. And I have absolutely zero problems with it. It it is, it seems like it's a gold master already. The the final beta. Um, it's very close I because I think the last release they fixed a lot of Finder issues. There's still some. Yeah. But a lot yep. of performance issues were fixed, and I think as a result, it is much much closer to being ready. Which means they could go GM maybe in a couple of weeks come out with a new version. This is the GM. We'll release it the same time as iOS 9. Get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's possible. But again, I would expect to see that in October, let's say iPads and Macs at that time. Um, so we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Why such a big venue? Um, you know, it's always been, this is the press that gets invited. And it's always been a limited number of places and therefore a limited number of sources. And if, if they've got 7,000 7, seats, they're inviting, they're inviting more than twice as many people from different media outlets, websites, newspapers, magazines, etc. Now, maybe it's, uh, I think it's too soon to see a new Apple Watch hardware. There's going to be the new software. Um, but that's an awful lot of media people in one room. I kind of think that there, there's something big coming here. Ask course, Siri. Let's if, see if, if Siri gives you more of a hint every time you ask her. Or it, him, depending on about, which Siri you're using. You're using about, the British Siri, so it's a him. No. No, I use the U.S. It has about 20 stock responses from what I've seen on the web. So um, just, just one thing. This is a big event that's bigger than the iPhone. The iPhone, this is, again, an intermediary iPhone. So the iPhone is probably going to be the first thing they're going to talk about, and then they're going to get to something bigger. All right. Let's just write that down, and we'll bring Kirk on a few days later, maybe, and see what happened. I mean, if he's wrong, big deal, no big deal. Hey, Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find me at Kirkville, which is my website, McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I write a lot about iTunes, and I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about Macs and all sorts of things. Especially the all sorts of things. That becomes really incredible. Especially, well, I had a couple of all sorts of things articles recently. Um, I wrote an article about Apple's packaging, which I always find, isn't it such a delight to open an Apple product? The packaging is so meticulously designed. It sure is. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. largest independently owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications network gcn
Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi. This is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. I've got a special invitation for you neighbors. We've got another feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Plus. What's Tech Night Owl Plus all about? Well, we offer you an ad-free version of the show, higher resolution audio, all for a low monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. To find out more about Tech Night Owl Plus, go to plus.technightowl.com. The address again on your browser is plus.technightowl.com. And one more thing. I think that's patented, right? One more thing? Or is that what Columbo used to say? One more thing. We're preparing a new feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Minute. As the name implies, quick commentary on a current issue in the tech world, Tech Night Owl Minute. It will debut sometime after Labor Day and available exclusively to those of you who subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. Plus.technightowl.com. We have Peter Cohen, who happens to be the Mac guy over at iMore, and among the key discussions we'll have today is his speculation, if there's any surprise to be expected, about Apple's event on my birthday, September 9th. As I mentioned in the previous segments of the show, I will be 500 years old, or is it 600? I forget. After the first few hundreds, you forget. In dog years? Uh, no, and well, you have dog years times seven. So think there, about that. There you go. That's right. So Apple has done that a couple of times have events on my birthday. But they have a larger venue this year. So is that significant or is it because they just rented that place? Well, I think it's significant in that they're upping the um, uh, number of media that can attend, uh, you know, progressively. And, uh, you know, they seem to be making them more inclusive events. There was a very long time where Apple events were very exclusive and um, only a, a few select people in a few select media outlets were able to, to gain attendance. And I think that worked to Apple's advantage for a while, but eventually that era of exclusivity became, um, I think, a little counterproductive because uh, it, it um, gave ammunition to the criticism that Apple was cherry-picking the uh, media outlets that it would speak to. Um, so, you know, by by democratizing that a little bit, hopefully they're deflecting some of that criticism. Now, this story that it was also going to be streamed for Windows, what does that mean? Why would that be significant? Couldn't anybody with access to Apple's site see the stream? No. Up until now, you've needed a Mac or an iOS device running Safari uh, to be able to, uh, to, streams, uh, to, to, to stream these events or an Apple TV uh, as well. So uh, by opening up to Windows 10 devices, that's a little bit of a of a change of pace for Apple, actually. 
So what's the point there? Is it because the fact that a lot of people who buy iPhones are using Windows? Yeah, a lot of people, most people who use iPhones uh, have PCs. They don't have Macs. Uh, you know, Macs are used by a growing number of people, but um, they're still a distinct minority. So, uh, yeah, exactly. This is a fact that's not readily known. The fact that even with the iPod, the iPod didn't really come into its own until there was a Windows version of iTunes and the iPhone from the get-go is available on Mac and Windows and therefore a lot more people with Windows. Some of those are even using iTunes. Yeah, and you know, I think it, I, I think it, it may not be readily known or it may not be something that, that the, the Mac press is particularly good about reinforcing, but um, it, it shouldn't be any mystery to anybody because... Uh, people use iOS devices independently of using Mac devices. Obviously, if you're using an iOS device already, whether it be an iPad or an iPhone, and especially if you've you know, been set up with an iCloud account and, and keep your contacts and calendar information and photos in the cloud, using a Mac becomes a lot easier. But uh, most people, you know, mo most people out there just in general are still using... Uh, Windows PCs to get their uh, their personal computing work done. Um, the the number of, of of Mac converts even in the U.S. is still in the low two digit percentages. So um, it, it's no surprise to me that uh, Apple is is trying to do a better job than before of reaching out to those people. And I, I think that Microsoft deserves some of the credit too for coming up with an operating system that doesn't suck in the form of Windows 10. Definitely doesn't suck there did pretty well, although there were some glitches with the early release. But they've been just sending them out in a torrent, all the updates. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And, uh, you know, Windows 10, um, from everything that I've read so far, uh, has been adapted or adopted much, much more quickly than Windows 8 was. Um, and that is, of course, because Microsoft made it free for people who already have legitimate licenses uh, for existing Windows uh, installations to upgrade at no charge. Um, and they've kept the system requirements fairly low, too. So, uh, you know, 75 million, I think, at last count, uh, people have already uh, moved to uh, Windows 10, which makes it uh, the, the fastest adoption of any new Windows operating system by Microsoft ever. Good for them. You know, I've been using it since its uh, public previews, um, uh, I think, early this year. And I've had very few complaints. I think it's, it's a fine operating system. It does not suck. And it's also more of a natural evolution from Windows 7 because they Genius, cut back on some of the excesses of Windows 8. So that's a pretty good thing. In fact, I just got another update the other day. All right, let's get on. Continuing with Windows 10. Now, as I was suggesting here, Windows 10 looks like the natural outgrowth of Windows 7 after removing the excesses of Windows 8. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar, sure. A dollar or a dollar and a half, even. Hmm. But I agree, it seems to be pretty speedy, reasonably stable. The Windows Edge browser is inoffensive. A little slim on features, but it's inoffensive. And I guess if Microsoft was going to do something to satisfy the people who were really upset with Windows 8 was, was a way to go. Making it free is also a pretty good idea. It's not free to everybody, but it's free from Windows 7. It's free from Windows 8. But if you're using Windows XP, they assume you have such old hardware, it wouldn't run anyway. But why not make it free? 
Apple's done a good job of setting the bar pretty low for people who want to use Yosemite or the forthcoming El Capitan as well. I think both Microsoft and Apple recognize the value in reaching out to a very large base of installed users. And obviously, if you are using newer hardware, you are going to benefit more from uh, some of the under-the-hood changes in both Windows 10 and in OS 10. You know, in, in, in the Mac's case, uh, you have benefits like um, handoff between your iOS devices and your Macs, which can only happen if you're using a relatively recent iOS device and a Mac that has Bluetooth 4.0 or Bluetooth LE, um, Bluetooth Low Energy. So the, the number of Macs that can run Yosemite 10.10 is very large. The number of, of Macs that can run Yosemite with all the latest features, like handoff, is considerably smaller than that. It's an incentive for people to upgrade their Macs with older software, and it's also an incentive for people to refresh those Macs uh, when their budgets will allow it. In the same respect, you know, Microsoft does the same thing with Windows. So Windows 10 will scale um, to, you know, new capabilities on newer machines or more well-equipped machines. Um, I, I don't see anything wrong or nefarious about this. This is the way it works. No, it seems that a fair number of machines, I think going back to 2007 or 2008, will likely be able to run Windows 10 with pretty good performance. But let's just move to the event, the special event that Apple's holding on the 9th. Let's get back into more detail. So we know that Windows users will now be able to watch it, Windows 10 users. But what may they expect? Are there going to be any surprises beyond the expected iPhone refreshes? I'm focusing my attention on iPhone refreshes. Um, the September event uh, has sometimes been uh, an opportunity for Apple to refresh some of its music devices like iPod Nanos uh, or iPod Touches, but it just did that over the summer with some new versions that uh, that come in new colors and have some new hardware capabilities. So that's already out of the way. Um, so I fully expect that this is going to be focused specifically on the iPhone. So you don't expect to see anything else of one more thing. What about... Apple TV? Uh, not from what I'm hearing. The, the, and I, I'm reading the same rumors that everyone else is, so I don't want to give anyone listening the, the impression that, that I have some inside knowledge, but uh, it sounds to me like uh, we're, we're a ways away from seeing a new Apple TV released as well. I could be wrong, but uh, you know, I, I think that the, the, the sure money is on new iPhones, and that's really where my attention is but seen by a lot more people, so Apple gets the message out. Let's get into more of the possible new features of the iPhone. Will it have force touch like the new MacBooks and the Apple Watch? What about rumors of stronger aluminum case? Hmm. We have Peter Cohen of iMore. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day. And the home security industry wants you to believe that's your only option. They've got hordes of salesmen out there trying to scare you into signing one of their long-term contracts. You get stuck writing huge checks month after month with no way out. It's robbery by contract, and it can cost you thousands. But there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has no contracts. None. You'll get award-winning 24-7 protection. Security professionals watching over your home, ready to instantly send police to the rescue for just $14.99 per month. That's less than half what most companies charge. Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafedefense.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25. Only when you go to simplysafedefense.com. Simplysafedefense.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue with Peter Cohen. We're speculating about the September 9th event. So far, it's predictable. We've seen all these supply chain leaks. They're talking about force touch. Is that a given? I think force touch is almost a certainty. Um, and I think that this isn't a, a technology that we're going to be seeing um, uh, across Apple's product line because Apple is putting a lot of faith in it as uh, not just as a, as a core interface technology, but also as an assistive technology for people. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that, uh, that, that force touches is not, I mean, nothing is a sure thing, but force touch seems to be a reasonable extrapolation. Force touch. What about stronger aluminum alloy? Wouldn't be, uh, the worst thing in the world. I don't see Apple changing the form factor of the S devices because Apple never does. You know, Apple does this TikTok, um, uh, development cycle uh, for iPhones where it doesn't change the form of the iPhone except every two years. Every other year is an, in, is an internal advance. And obviously, stronger or more, re, more reinforced uh, aluminum, or as Johnny Ive likes to call it, aluminum, to prevent more complaints about bending uh, might be a smart thing for Apple to do. Officially, there's no such thing as Bendgate. It's just one of those conspiracy theories. Supposedly, the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus were rigid enough to sustain a lot of abuse before bending. It doesn't hurt to make them stronger, but doesn't that, in a sense, also admit there was a problem? Who cares if there is or if there isn't a problem? You know, if it is, if there is a problem, first of all, it's happening to an infinitesimal number of the tens of millions of people who have bought these devices. 
So whoever's being afflicted by it is in this in the distinct minority. Secondly, you can bend or destroy any damn thing you want. I've seen people come in with bent and destroyed MacBook Pros, you know, and those things aren't exactly easy. I mean, they're they're, they're easy to break, but they're not easy to bend. So uh, you know, I, I I put very little stock in it. And as far as anyone, uh, any blogger who who attaches the word gate to this is is uh, doing themselves a disservice to, first of all, the tradition of journalism, secondly, insulting their readers, and B, just pandering to the, the, the lowest form of, of yellow journalism I could possibly imagine. When I use that term, and I do use it, I use it as something meant to be sarcastic or funny. I don't take it seriously. I think it's nonsense. Yeah, same here. Same here. I think it's ridiculous, and that's the only time you'll catch me using it. When we attach gate to something, we forget it all started with Watergate, but Watergate was the entire name of a location where this attempted failed break-in of Democratic headquarters occurred. It was That's a full precise. name, Watergate. So yeah, if you call it Bengate, are you not calling it Bengategate? What's, what's more, it just it trivializes um, a very serious episode in American history and American politics, and I, I refuse to do that. Now, the real story here, and you won't believe this, folks— I actually spent the night at the Watergate where they had condominiums a week before the break-in. Seriously. Because my uncle used to live there. He was a former executive in the U.S. Department of Agriculture and had become a consultant after he left government service. So he had a really nice place. It was a not a big apartment, but a nice apartment. I didn't think about it until a week later. I, you know, we started reading about all the Watergate stuff. So that's my experience with the Watergate. I was once there. Crazy. Makes me real old. Let's move on. It's going to be strictly focused on iPhones. When does Apple release an Apple TV? Anytime it's ready. I mean, you know, the Apple TV was just um, re, uh, the price was just rejiggered earlier this spring. So, um, you know, people are, are buying the Apple TV at $69. It's a better value than it was at 100 that's for sure. Uh, they, they could release a new Apple TV conceivably at any time as soon as they've got whatever uh, services and functionality they're planning for it um, to uh, ready to go. Now, one of the things that the Kremlinologists who have studied the, the, the invitation that has been sent out to journalists have noted is that it's a reference to Siri, you know, the built-in intelligent assistant in the iPhone and the iPad that makes it possible for you to talk to your device and have it actually respond by doing things and getting inf information for you. Now, Siri is uh, the linchpin that enables your Apple TV to act as a bridge uh, to communicate with devices that you operate using HomeKit um, the the API or application programming interface that Apple's developed for the Internet of Everything. Um, so, you know, if you want to be able to control your lamps or appliances or parts of your home uh, using HomeKit devices, and you want to be able to do that using Siri from your iPhone while you're out, uh, you need an Apple TV somewhere on a third generation specifically, Apple TV, or later, ostensibly, somewhere on your network uh, in order to be able to control that. Um Given that's the case, I don't think it's too much of a read uh, to say or too too much reading into the announcement to, to think that Apple TV could play some part uh, in this announcement on September 9th either. 
because Apple TV is so intertwined with Siri at this point. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see how the next generation of Apple TV uh, works with that going forward as well. Let's look at Apple TV, what changes might be wrought. So Siri is a given. Some say a developer kit, allowing third parties to develop apps for it. And I assume that would be games. One would assume, although I think that there's a lot of uh, room for additional features and functionality to be built into a new Apple TV, depending on what its actual hardware capabilities are. One thing that you've got to keep in mind about the current generation Apple TV, the third generation Apple TV that you can buy right now in stores for $69, is that that um, device uses an A5 processor. The A5 is a, a, a system on a chip that Apple originally developed for use with the iPad 2 which was discontinued. So uh, this is very, very old hardware, and it's very limited in its capability and pretty slow. Um, so whatever Apple does to the Apple TV, the fourth-generation Apple TV ostensibly, um, it is going to have to be a real big leap, uh, both in terms of processor capability and in terms of functionality, uh, because the, the current-generation Apple TV is is really, really old tech. I mean, that's 2011-era tech. And uh, obviously, Apple has moved the goalposts quite a bit when it comes to what it expects iOS devices to be able to do. And uh, just in terms of, of horsepower, uh, what what these devices can do. So uh, I think that, that it really has to be a, a significant uh, improvement in in processing capabilities and in functionality. Well, if it's going to be playing games, you want the support for metal. But the other complaint I'd have about Apple TV at this point is the remote. I think that remote is so simple to do even basic functions. You have to go through menu after menu. And of course, Steve Jobs touted that as being something superior. And maybe it was originally when you were using a remote on a Mac portable or something. But for Apple TV, it's too limiting. Well, you know, Steve Jobs is dead and let's let him remain dead. Um, I, I, Steve Jobs uh, no longer actively guides Apple uh, in terms Except of Except with the philosophy. Ouija board. They use the Ouija board. They may use a Ouija board from time to time, but in terms of actual like day-to-day -day management or in terms of actual project management, Steve Jobs is not a factor within the company anymore. So let's stop uh, let's stop dragging his his corpse out into the town square and mentioning what Steve would have done or what Steve did or what Steve said every damn time something like this comes up. Apple is moving far beyond what Steve Jobs wanted. Otherwise, Apple wouldn't be as politically active as it is. Apple wouldn't, you know, Tim Cook wouldn't have the, the public profile as a CEO that he does. They wouldn't be paying dividends uh, to shareholders as they're doing. They do so many things that never, ever, ever would have happened under Steve Jobs' watch. Um, I just really hate it whenever I hear, well, you know, Steve said it said this, so... Therefore, we have to live in, in a static universe where nothing ever changes. Well, yeah, I didn't you know, mean it that way. I was just referring to where it originated. I'm just using uh, it as a rhetorical argument. Okay, you just want to have uh, an argument. I know. Listen, let's continue this in our next segment. Let's talk about whether Apple will upgrade the remote and how they would upgrade it. What might they include? We have Peter Cohen of iMore. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Did you know that select musical tones have the power to heal? By listening to seven amazing songs that contain these tones, you can experience the power of music therapy. I used to work in a pretty stressful atmosphere, but I started using the whole tones in the office, and I'm experiencing more focus, motivation, peace, and better relationships. WholeTones99.com is a unique music therapy program featuring seven secret ancient healing frequencies uncovered in the music of King David. Now you, too, can unlock the healing secrets of the Bible as we are offering a free sample of this music so that you can discover their power to heal, relieve stress, and break negative cycles. I use the tone to calm my five, three, and two-year-olds to stop the fighting, and it works. Now you can experience the healing music therapy in the comfort of your own home or office. Visit WholeTones99.com and get a free song. Visit WHOLETones99.com today for your free song. That's WholeTones99.com. WholeTones99.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. 
When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to SAYAHHnow.com. SAYAHNow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. There's a new Apple TV inevitably coming. We don't know if it's going to be September 9th or later on in the year. But changes could include the remote. So what might Apple do through the remote? Would they make it a universal remote that can support a number of devices? Well, you know, I think the remote is becoming less and less relevant as time goes on. I don't really use my Apple TV remote in, unless it's an emergency. Um, I more often use the remote app that I downloaded on my phone or the remote app that's on my Apple Watch uh, to control my Apple TV or just use, you know, remote capabilities through iTunes on my Mac actually having to touch the remote to do anything has almost become secondary for me. And I realize that I'm an edge case, you know, because I'm an early adopter of a lot of new Apple technology that many people don't have. Most people do not have an Apple Watch. Many people don't even have an Apple uh, iPhone that, that uh, uh, they would know what to do with in terms of, of loading a remote app on it. But I think it behooves Apple to keep the remote in the Apple TV as small and simple as possible and then fill in the features and functionality with other devices and, and other services uh, that, that people who are using the technology can use. So maybe they'll keep the remote or slightly expand it or rethink it. As you say, you could use something else. Now, the big thing I have with the remote is not too few buttons. It's a very narrow range of sensitivity. So we assume maybe the new remote would have Wi-Fi or something. So you don't have to worry about positioning it just precisely. Again, it's up to you. If you want to do it from your iPhone, you can. I like the remote, but what I actually do is I got to work with my Logitech Universal remote. So that's the way I get around it. Okay, so we have Apple TV with the faster processor, maybe or maybe not, the new remote. Does Apple have to wait until they debut this alleged or rumored subscription TV service first? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. I would posit that uh, the Apple TV is um, and should be free of um, any kind of Apple-developed uh, service um, in order to, to really be a functional, legitimate device for most people. Um, you know, people are looking to, to cut the, the cord, as it were, from Comcast and Cox and Charter and Time Warner. Um, they're getting pay tired of, of paying for services that they're not using. They, they're very interested in services like HBO Now and Showtime's uh, uh, subscription service. They want to pay a la carte for service, but it's got to be the right a la carte service. Clearly, Netflix, you know, at $8 a month has, has hit 
a huge chord with people and, and they've got enough critical mass, critical momentum behind them uh, in original programming like, like House of Cards and Orange is the New Black and, um, and many of the other um, uh, services that they offer uh, or many of the other programs that they offer. Uh, Amazon Prime Video, which isn't available yet on Apple TV, but is available on iOS devices um, and for that matter, streaming from Macs, uh, it has some great original programming as well. That seems to be a direction that a lot of people are comfortable uh, in in going. You know, paying a subscription fee uh, for that or for that and other services. In the case of Amazon Prime, uh, getting a little bit of a value add and uh, enjoying some entertainment value while they're at it. So, can Apple do the same thing with its own service? I'm not sure. I, I don't think that uh, the Apple TV is really going to be effective for cord cutters until some accommodation is made uh, for local programming because local programming is still so incredibly important to people in order to be able to get their local news, in order to be able to get local forecasts and, and traffic reports and so on. Uh, that's something that's really kind of missing from the equation right now and something that I think that, that people are really waiting for. And if I want to watch The Blacklist with James Spader and I want to watch Flash and I want to watch Arrow, now some network fare can be streamed by Hulu+. Plus but I want to watch the show tonight or have my DVR pick it up tomorrow. And that's what, for example, Dish is doing with Sling TV. It's like a basic cable, but it streams instead of uses a satellite. But it's not much different. As far as local stations, Sling TV supposedly will offer them eventually as a higher tier. The rumors about Apple's subscription service indicated that Apple wants the local stations. It's very critical to get those local stations and they possibly do it through the networks. But the problem with that is not all local TV has a formal network affiliation. They're not all CWs, CBS, ABC, NBC. That's right. So you cast a wide enough net, you're going to pull up a lot of fish, but some fish are going to get through. Uh, you know, it isn't a one-size-fits-all scenario, unfortunately. The biggest problem I see with the current structure, forget about pricing for a moment, which can be obscene, but with cable and satellite, you've got a bundle, a huge bundle. In order to get Maybe the dozen stations you want, you can't get it all in one tier. Maybe you have to go through a couple of different tiers, and you have to buy a lot more than you need. It's like the argument, 300 stations and nothing to watch, which is unfortunate. Now, the real thing that maybe Apple could do here is not just offer a subset, but give it a la carte. If they could work out a deal with a network saying, we'll give you this palette of channels, pick a dozen, pick 20, whatever. That's what you get. You get to watch only what you want. I'd be fine with that if it meant that I could exclude the eight channels of golf that I never watch and the foreign language channels that are meaningless to me. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of the programming I, I, of the 200, 250 channels I get as part of my cable package, I might watch 20 or 30 with any regularity. And even that's pushing it. You I know, can name all the stations I watch now so quickly. Okay? So we got... NBC, ABC, CBS, CW on traditional network channels. Ion Network on cable. And sometimes you can get that over the air, too, by the way, in some cities. USA Network, TNT, Sci-Fi, BBC America, FX. I think I've covered most of it right there. Maybe I want to watch Showtime to see Ray Donovan or watch Cinemax to see Strike Back. That That's 90% the- of all I need. I was going to say that covers about 90% of what I watch too. You know, if I could get a cable package with those tiers and pay, you know, X percent of what I'm paying now, I would be perfectly comfortable. 
Now, part of the problem, I think, is also that the networks, when they reach carriage agreements with the local or the cable networks or the satellite networks, they say, we're not just going to give you one channel that you want. We're going to give you a dozen. So NBC is also going to give you Clue, C-L-O-O. Ever hear of it? No. It's, but NBC offers it as part of their package, NBC Comcast. So that's the problem, I think, partly, that they're getting a dozen channels, whether you want them or not. Of course, the other argument can be said this way. Okay, maybe I only get a dozen stations that I want. A dozen channels, broadcast, cable. I'm happy with that. But if I have another 300 there, I might discover something I never saw before. I never watched USA Network years ago until Monk with Tony Shalub came on. And then I discovered that channel and started watching original programming there. So maybe that's part of the argument there saying, well, okay, we'll give you a dozen stations because now you have a choice, not just the stuff you really want, but maybe something you did not discover before that you well, would really appreciate. I don't know. Let's do this more in a, another segment. We're trying to figure out what Apple's subscription TV service might be about. How will they make a difference? Peter Cohen is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government? Be truly independent. Visit libertyoncall.org. LibertyOnCall.org is a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. LibertyOnCall.org. Call today. My name's Clyde, age 59, and I reside in Florence, South Carolina. The doctors diagnosed me as having clogged arteries. It felt like I was carrying heavy concrete blocks around my feet and legs. I started taking heart and body extract as directed. It is less than three weeks and I'm like a young man again. It's unbelievable that an herbal formula can work so fast and so powerfully. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. 
with the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years, hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Peter Cohen of iMore, who has been around the Apple universe for many years. We're talking about the possibilities of Apple's TV subscription service. So, do you see the various arguments I'm making for and against a la carte? Yes, of course. So, you what's know, your th- take? Well, I, I think that, that that there's a lot to be said for for a la carte programming, but obviously, uh, you know, there's an economy of scale at work with cable television that I think a lot of people fail to take into account. I, I, I don't see this changing radically because ultimately the power and the um, the authority is in the hands of the content providers. And uh, as Robert Heinlein used to say, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. You are going to pay for this one way or the other. Uh, whether you're paying Apple directly uh, or whether you're paying a subscription fee to a third-party uh, uh, company like Netflix – or whether you're paying your, your cable TV company, you are going to pay for content. Uh, you are not going to get uh, a great value uh, when you start paying for things piecemeal. So uh, it may be a situation where the devil you know, the cable company, is better than the devil you don't know. So it turns us back to the same question here. If Apple is offering local stations and a package of basic number of cable channels for $40 a month. It doesn't matter. Is that any better other than the fact that streaming than what you get from basic cable or basic satellite? I I don't see where Sling TV is differentiated. I don't see where it's going to move uh, that that needle a lot, except for people who just really hate paying their Comcast bill. But you know what? You're still going to be paying Comcast for your internet access because you don't have a choice. 
And Comcast will charge you more because you're not taking advantage of the bundle. Of the bundle. Exactly correct. So, uh, you know, again, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know a lot of times. And we'll see what happens. So possibilities there. What will Apple do? Will they put like constant on demand in the cloud? What about DVR? Right now, a lot of people, sometimes half the audience of a show or maybe more, watches not when the show is broadcast on cable or satellite, but within the first seven days. Now, it's very important when they have ratings for shows to include the three-day and the seven-day watching of that show. That's exactly right. Um, You know, DVRs have uh, become a more standard way for people to watch stuff. Uh, TiVos used to be the exception, not the rule. And then, you know, Comcast started to get into it. Um, and, uh, a lot more people watch, um, watch stuff on, on DVRs than they ever did in the past. And you have situations now where maybe two shows you like are opposite each other. There's an argument like, for example, this fall, Fox is going to have Gotham, the Batman prequel, but CBS is going to have Supergirl. And maybe you love superheroes and comic book type stuff. You want to see both. And the the irony is that they're both produced by Bert Lani. You know, they're both produced by the same guy. Actually, uh, no, uh, Gotham is Bruno Heller from the guy who did Mentalist. Yeah, but Bert Lani is... Um, Bert Lani in- did The Mysteries of Laura, by the way. He did Flash. He did Arrow. That's it. That's and it, he Flash. does Supergirl for CBS. The big argument, though, is because Supergirl's on CBS, will she cross over with Arrow and Flash since they are basically in the same DC universe. That's what I that's what I meant. I'm sorry, Flash and Arrow. Uh, so yeah, the, the, it'll it'll be interesting to see how uh, how CB, how CBS navigates that. Look, I'm going to watch them all. You know, that's why I got a DVR that can re- record four different channels simultaneously, and that's why I don't have problems paying my Comcast bill every month. It's as simple as that. The nerd in me, the comic book nerd, really came out when we had Flash and Arrow. And I think, aside from some of the rom-com stuff in Supergirl, I think it really looks good. The special effects are much better than you see in terms of flying scenes, almost as good as the movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it looks entertaining, and uh, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And the girl who plays Supergirl, Melissa Benoist, she has an incredible amount of charisma. And people really like her. And that's the whole show. She's the whole show. Just the way she she does things, and especially when she plays the nerd part, like the Clark Kent part. She's channeling Christopher Reeve in Superman 1978. That's very important, and I think she does it really well. Anyway, TV, Apple, there you go. Let's look at other things that might be coming from Apple this year. Should we still be talking about the possibilities of an iPad Pro? Yeah, you know, it seems uh, more and more, and, you know, uh, Ming-Chi Kuo, who's... uh, you know, peerless when it comes to understanding Apple supply chain, really, uh, has said that an iPad Pro is 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 a certainty. So um, that'd be very interesting. A 13-inch iPad um, with with different functionalities than the standard iPad or the iPad mini, that could be a very interesting device right there. Now, also, people are talking about the possibility that Apple's going to have a really smart stylus become available with an iPad Pro. Right. And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a stylus that you can't put in the wrong way. Like you can with a Samsung Note uh, 5 or 6 or whatever the hell it is. 
Well, Samsung doesn't know about usability. Samsung doesn't know about a lot of things, it seems. But they can make damn good chips. They can, and their TV sets are quite fine. I don't have a Samsung TV. I did once. Samsung used to have what we call the Star Trek TV. This was a projection TV, a rear projection TV, maybe 10, 12 years ago. And had very futuristic design. And had a pretty decent picture. And they sent me one for extended review. And I really enjoyed it. And eventually, you know, I bought the thing from them at a discount. And I sold it off eventually for about what I paid for it. So it was a wash. But Samsung really came out with something good there. Now it is or used to be that a TV maker would come out with a TV set and Samsung would come out with the cheaper imitation. But now they're pretty much into good technology with TVs. No complaints about Samsung TVs. You don't remember the Star Trek TV, do you? Uh, The Star Trek TV? That's what we used to call it. It was a projection TV. Are you talking about the old Advent TVs? This was a Samsung Samsung. Well, my first experience with the projection TV was a parabolic uh, 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 three-two projection uh, system that my father-in-law had uh, in his house. It was uh, uh, manufactured by a company called Advent, and it was a huge screen. It was like an 84-inch screen um, that projected just a normal uh, standard definition image. Uh, so it looked like crap, but uh, boy, it was a big picture. This was a 50-inch Samsung rear projection TV DLP, going back to the early 2000s. And it was in one case, I think it was the HLP85W, as a matter of fact. I'm looking at it right now. No, that was an OLED TV. But, you know, it was really a nice set. It was on a pedestal. That was the key. The, I, we call it the Star Trek TV. It was on this thick pedestal. And, you did, of course, you didn't need to put it on top of a stand or anything. It was its own stand. And that was a really, really nice-looking TV. But, you know, yesterday's technology. Forget about that. Okay, iPad Pro. Now, I was wondering here, we know about the multitasking features of iOS 9. If Apple's coming out with something like a 12- or 13-inch screen, instead of having a split view, do they have a quad view, four apps at once instead of just two? No, I don't think so. I think it would just be a split view. So it would be basically the same thing. So is Apple designing iOS 9's multitasking partly in anticipation of this enhanced or professional model? That wouldn't surprise me. You know, if 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 some of the, the features and functionality that they're building in iOS 9 are, are, are designed to scale to that type of device, sure. There it is. Will... Apple have the larger iPad. Will that save the iPad as if the iPad needs saving? And the other question, which we'll pursue briefly before we go on to other topics in our next segment with Peter Cohen, is whether it's time for people who bought the original iPads to start buying new ones. Maybe that will fuel a bigger upgrade cycle. More to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. From the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Blockit Pocket, a custom-made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the lower 48, visit BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618, BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Are you excited about the World Wide Web? Do you want a place where you can share your ideas and express yourself? Well, dial up your modems and stream on down to the GCN Live Community Forum. Lots of radical features await you there. Wow, Internet Guy, I am so glad I went to the GCN Live Community Forum. You too can discover why the World Wide Web is awesome. Just go to GCNlive.com slash forum. That's GCNlive.com slash forum. I'll see you in cyberspace. Space. Friend at GCN Live on Diaspora and Cross.tv. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Atmospheric aluminum, mercury exposure, estrogen toxins from plastics, microwaves from cell phones and smart meters, and low-quality foods all combine to create conditions for the very high incidence of disease in our society. Now more than ever, we all need to be consuming those foods and herbs that epigenetically signal the cells of our body to produce energy, create proteins, and detoxify. When we properly support our bodies, then even in these toxic times, we can promote and achieve excellent health. One World Way is the first energetically encoded whey protein food derived from Amish pastured cows on the U.S. market. After three and a half years, we've heard miracles occur for so many people. One World Way has a track record of promoting detoxification, improvement in elimination, and improvements in energy, skin quality, and elimination of inflammation. One World Way is formulated to mirror the macronutrient ratios found in mother's milk. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. 
There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So Peter Cohen of iMore, what do you think about the delayed iPad upgrade cycle? Will that possibly happen this fall? Will Apple's upgrade be compelling enough? You know, I think that the use case for the iPad is different for 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 that device than it is for a lot of other um, Apple devices like computers and like like iPhones. I think that that um, it, the iPad is, use is is closer to a computer for most people uh, in that either they use it as a secondary computing device, you know, something that they use when they don't have access to or don't want access to a laptop, for example or use in place of a laptop. And and because of that, people aren't quite as invested in making sure that they buy an iPad every time Apple releases a new iPad compared to um, what they might do with a phone, which is something that they use every day. You know, a lot of people hang on to iPads for a very long time. First-generation iPad owners uh, have already hit the wall. Uh, their devices haven't been upgradable since iOS 5. And uh, at this point, uh, Companies that that post information online, news sites, um, uh, banks, doctors' offices that 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 post patient portals um, online are starting to lock out uh, versions of Safari that are that old because they don't pass muster when it comes to security. So uh, in the store that I work in on the weekends, we regularly get customers who come in with first-generation iPads saying, uh, I can't log into my bank anymore. I can't download apps for this anymore. It says it's not supported. Um, what do I do? And the solution is you can buy a new iPad. That's the only solution. Get an iPad Air 2, or if you want to save some money, get an iPad Air. We could order one from Apple for you and save you $100. Uh, if you're more comfortable with the more limited storage and, uh, and and color options. But, you know, the bottom line is people have to move the needle a little bit. So th- there is some forced attrition that way and some forced upgrades. Uh, but people tend to use their iPads a lot longer. So Apple has to give them reasons um, not to. So will they now be giving them more reasons? Certainly the fact that the split view feature of iOS 9 only works on the iPad Air 2. Means if you want that feature, you're locked into one model. This fall, of course, there'll be new models. They'll give you more choice, possibly an iPad mini that will also have that capability, and certainly the iPad Pro if it comes out. So that would be the thing. So is now the time for the upgrade cycle? Well, I think every fall is the time for the upgrade cycle in one way or the other because people are getting ready to buy for uh, the holiday season. Uh, some people are buying for back to school um, over the summer, certainly. So, uh, you know, there's an opportunity there, too. You know, the, every year there seems to be an, an incentive uh, for people to to replace their devices with new ones. 
Uh, and certainly, I, I haven't heard or seen a lot of buyer's regret from people who get the iPad Air 2. People who get the iPad Air 2 are very impressed with it. They love it. They love Touch ID capabilities. They love the sleekness of it, the thinness, the lightness, uh, the power uh, under the hood of the A8X processor and all that stuff. Um, they think it's a great machine. They think the screen is better looking than ever before. So th there are reasons you know, why people would, would buy the stuff. One of the more compelling reasons that Apple gave last year was getting rid of the 32 gigabyte tier and replacing it with 64 gigs. So you spend an extra $100, you get four times the storage capability of the base model. That's a better value than it was the year before uh, or the year before that. You know, Apple um, is giving people more for less money. Uh, arguably. And uh, that seems to be a, a value proposition that a lot of people appreciate. So if they can find other ways to do that, then great. Now, arguably, the cost to Apple for switching you out from 16 gigabytes to 64 is what, $10? I don't know what Apple's uh, component price is, and no one outside of Apple does. I was just generic looking at flash memory, how much it is. But no, we see the value proposition. And remember now, the iPad Air 2, maybe the most powerful A-series processor, it's equivalent to what, like a 2011 MacBook Air in terms of processing power? That's not bad. Indeed, it is not. Do you think Apple's going to do anything else this year? Is there another product in the pipeline that Apple see. might consider? Because we're looking, obviously, the Apple Watch is out. There'll be a new operating system. We have OS 10, El Capitan, iOS 9, the iPad refresh, maybe with the new processors, Skylake from Intel, there'll be some Mac refreshes, some more Mac refreshes this fall. Anything else out there in the wind? I don't really see anything um, in my crystal ball that's exciting me too much. Of course, more people will be using Apple Pay, but that's another story. Quickly with the Apple Watch, the IDC survey of wearables. They estimated that the first quarter Apple Watch sales were like 3.6 million. That's kind of at the high end of estimates, isn't it? Yes. And IDC has undercut Apple estimates on Macs. So you have to think, that's not bad at all. Of course, it's being dumped into a category with a Fitbit for generic wearables. And now we hear that Best Buy claims to be pleased with Apple Watch sales. They're expanding it from 100 stores to the entire chain, which is on something like 1,050. Is that maybe augur well for a lot of Apple Watches to be sold this fall and the Christmas holidays? I have no doubt that Apple Watches are going to be a real popular sell. Now, bear in mind that uh, in order to use an Apple Watch, you need an iPhone 5 or higher. That obviously describes a, a huge swath of customers in uh, North America and Europe and Asia who have purchased iPhones since the iPhone 5. It, it's not everyone, but it is a lot of people. Uh, but the bottom line is you do need to be an iPhone user and an iPhone 5 or better user in order to have an Apple Watch and be able to make any use out of it. So that immediately cuts down the number of uh, potential Apple Watch customers to a much smaller amount than there would be otherwise, you know, if it were just anybody who could benefit from an Apple product. Having said that, that's still tens of millions of people in the United States alone, if not hundreds of millions at this point, so, um, you know, potential customers. So especially once a new iPhone comes out and more people uh, get that iPhone um, and, and, you know, a lot of people converting from Android or what have you, uh, th there, there is going to be a, yet another 
another reason for their friends and relatives and loved ones uh, to get them Apple Watches. And it, it behooves Apple to get the Apple Watch into as many retail channels as possible. That's why I'm very excited to see Best Buy do what they're doing. You know, I, I have really appreciated the concierge experience at uh, an Apple store to be able to try on the Apple Watch and be able to get some hang time with it before I actually got mine in June. But I understand that that was a temporary fixture at Apple stores, that it wasn't always going to be that way. It wasn't always going to be that exclusive an experience. Um, and that, that inevitably, it, it was going to go out to a wider base of people. So yeah, you know, Best Buy now, and I'm sure Target and Walmart to follow. Will they go to smaller independent stores like the one you work at over the weekend? You know, that's a really good question, Gene. I would like to see it happen. We certainly get customers coming in every week who say, you know, I'm interested in the Apple Watch. Do you carry that here? Uh, or even to be able to carry Apple Watch accessories, which we do in, in very limited quantities because, uh, you know, third parties uh, make their products available. But even, you know, Apple bog standard Apple charging cables and stuff like that aren't things that we can stock right now. So uh, it makes it kind of hard for us. Peter Cohen, where can our listeners find out more of what you do? They can read me each and every day on imore.com. They can also find me on the social places like Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. You can find us on Twitter also. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Check out the Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We offer now the ad-free version of this show, free of 41 minutes of network ads, higher resolution quality, all for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year rate, plus.technightowl.com. Coming in the near future is a new feature called Tech Night Owl Minute, and when it's offered, it'll be available only to those who subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, on the Paracast this week, we'll feature Chris Rutkowski. He's a UFO researcher and science writer from Canada. And he has all sorts of fascinating things, but wait till you hear his imitation of Ming the Merciless. I won't say more. Paracast.com, that's Paracast.com. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Thank you for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.